0: Welcome to the COVID What Comes Next podcast with Dr. Ashish Jha, Dean of the Brown University School of Public Health and a globally respected pandemic scientist and physician. Every week here, Dr. Jha will analyze events of the previous several days and offer his assessment and guidance for what lies ahead. I'm your host, G. Wayne Miller of the Providence Journal and the USA Today Network. morning, Ashish. How are you? Good morning, Wayne. Thanks for uh, having me on. I am well. How are you? Doing well, thank you, and we're always happy to talk to you. Why don't you just give us a recap of the last week? There have been a number of disturbing developments, and there's been one, at least one, very promising development.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's been an interesting week, right? So, Uh, Last Thursday, the one interesting thing, and I I laugh a little because it was odd, was that the Senate held a hearing last Thursday. And the hearing was about early early treatments for COVID-19, which is a really important topic. And in fact, ended up being a discussion about hydroxychloroquine with three experts called by the majority side that largely were advocating for much more widespread use of hydroxychloroquine. And I was the one witness, I guess, on the other side saying, whoa, we have no evidence here that any of this is going to work. It was very odd because we are in the middle of the worst surge of this horrible pandemic. And hydroxychloroquine should not be on anybody's short list of things that are going to get us out of this. So that was very strange. Uh, that was Thursday. I'm happy to talk more about that. Um, over the weekend, uh, we continued to see uh, cases going up, and you know, um, again, Friday, uh, nearly 200,000 uh, cases were at nearly two, 2,000 deaths a day. And uh, and then the most interesting thing was that the CDC came out with recommendations saying people should not travel for Thanksgiving. And again, I wish the CDC had done that a few weeks ago. I know the scientists there wanted to do it a few weeks ago. Uh, They really haven't been allowed to. So that was good to see the CDC out front. And then the big news, the big positive news was as you alluded to, uh, the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. And there's a funny part of that story too, but the headline number was that it was 70% effective. I'm happy to delve into why that's probably not the right number to think about. Um, But, you know, we need all the vaccines we can get. And having a third vaccine uh, that might be quite effective is good news indeed.
0: So talk about the 70 percent effective. I think a lot of people looked at that and compared it to Pfizer and Moderna, who were, you know, 94, 95 percent and might have wondered what that meant, meaning, you know, when the vaccine becomes available, which one would I want to get and so forth and so on. So give us some insight into what 70 percent actually means. Yeah. And the reason
1: I say 70% is probably not the right number to understand is that there were ended up being two dosing regimens, Um, one dosing regimen where they gave full doses of the vaccine, uh, you know, uh, several weeks apart. And then in the other dosing regimen, they gave half a dose of the vaccine in the, the first dose was only half a dose. And then the second dose was the full dose. And you would think that the two full doses would be better than the half dose followed by the full dose. And it turned out the opposite, that, that the two full doses of the vaccine, and remember all these vaccines so far have been two doses. The two full doses was only about 60% effective, 62. And the half dose followed by full dose was 90% effective. And this is totally, this, this caught a lot of people by surprise. I have to say, I'm not totally surprised by it. And I'll give you what I think is the explanation. And it's gonna be, uh, and I think it's important and we have to sort it out. We don't know if this is the explanation, but this is a very different vaccine than the Moderna and Pfizer. Um, this vaccine is what's called an adenovirus vector vaccine. So basically we take a virus uh, that doesn't cause any uh, illness in humans. And we genetically modify that virus to put in the genes of the of COVID, of of SARS-CoV-2, in a way that this virus, once it gets into your system, expresses those proteins and your body develops an immune response. Okay, so it's essentially like a vector. We basically it's a Trojan horse, as it were. What is happening, I think. Is that when people got the first full dose, a lot of people developed an immune response to the vector, to the virus that we're using to deliver the gene. And then when people got the second dose, their immune system actually cleared the vaccine, did not let the vaccine work. Whereas when people only got the half dose up front, they had much less of an immune response to the vaccine And then they were much more primed and ready for that second dose. Again, am I sure that's what's going on? No, but I think that's pretty likely. Probably more details than you were looking for. But what it does mean is this. If that theory is right, that means we actually may have a 90% effective vaccine regimen where you get a half dose up front, followed by a full dose as your second dose. And that will mean that we will then have three vaccines that are 90% or more effective. And that's awesome.
0: I think I read I did read somewhere, a number of places that the Oxford AstraZeneca is particularly effective among older people. Did I read that correctly? And if, if so, break that down. We haven't seen that data um, yet. So we uh, we think
1: that's that may be possible. That's potentially likely, but we don't know. Um, And so I think we have to look at the full set of data that they will release, which I expect to happen in the next couple of weeks. The one the couple of other advantages that Oxford Zeneca uh, AstraZeneca vaccine have one is that it's stored. uh, It doesn't require freezing in the way that the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccines do. It's much, much easier to transport and store. And that will make it much, much easier to get out to law, uh, to people, especially in rural areas and other places where that's going to be a challenge. The other really important part of this is this is the vaccine that much of the world has bet on. When you think about the large um, production of vaccines that's happening for India, for happening for Latin America, for other parts of the world that are also suffering. Uh, a lot of the focus has been on the Oxford AstraZeneca vaccine. Uh, the company has uh, has agreed to sell it at cost. So it's going to be cheap, uh, it's easier to produce, and it's easy to store. And therefore it'll become the global, it'll probably become the global workhorse in terms of who gets what vaccine. That's why we really, really need for it to work and be effective, right? Because if the vaccine that we were thinking about for vaccinating billions of people doesn't work so well, that's going to be a problem. I'm hoping that that half a dose followed by full dose regimen ends up being 90% and then being useful for the globe.
0: So this, based on everything you've said, seems like some pretty good news at a pretty dark time in the pandemic. Also, uh, Pfizer is seeking emergency use use authorization on December 10th and Moderna a week later. What are your expectations? And then it goes to the CDC for final approval and and then the roll up begins. What's your take on that? Those those dates and the likelihood of, of that being authorized those two being authorized yeah i think it's again
1: the fda is going to do its job they're going to go through full they're going to go through all the full review full review but a real careful review of all the data and i expect by december 10th so there's a there's a committee that the uh that meets almost monthly uh that the fda has it's an an external committee uh they're going to be meeting december 8th through 10th they're going to give their input into the fda the fda scientists will have reviewed it And I would not be surprised if December 10th we see an an emergency use authorization of the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, My understanding is that the plan is to ship those vaccines out that afternoon. And I would not be surprised if the first American gets vaccinated outside of a clinical trial, but in like after authorization on December 11th. Uh, So we can start seeing vaccinations as early as December 11th. That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And I would love that. Right. And I, I, I want to see that. Again, all of it will really depend on on data. Um, the uh, and I expect similarly for Moderna um, as soon as you know they can get reviewed. Look, we're, we're moving fast. Obviously, we want to get these vaccines out. We want to be careful about making sure we've done a careful review of the data. Uh, a week or two delay is not ideal, but much better that than to have Uh, You know, basically cut any corners. Nobody's cutting corners right now uh, because we want to be extra careful about making sure that we've reviewed the data carefully. So I do think both of them will be authorized well before December 20th.
0: So obviously we have to get to that point and and beyond. uh, And and that's all very hopeful news that, that we're discussing here. But we're not there yet. We have two weeks until the beginning of, of, of that period. And during that two weeks, starting tomorrow is, is holiday celebrations, tomorrow is Thanksgiving. I think we've all seen photographs of crowds at airports, you know, record numbers of travels, at least since the, the pandemic began or began to surge in, in late winter. What do you make of that? What's gonna happen five days, 10 days, 14 days? after thanksgiving yeah um we've seen those
1: photos i get what's happening which is people have been missing their families and they want to go see their family totally understand that um and the recommendations from the cdc came pretty late on this um you know i want to say two or three things about about how we got here and what and where we're gonna what we're gonna expect We got here because over the last two, three months, we've just had total silence from the the federal government on the pandemic as it has raged. There's been no effort. The president has barely even talked about this. And things have gotten so bad that it is not safe uh, to get together uh, with your household, with anybody who doesn't live in your household uh, for Thanksgiving. Now. Uh, a lot of people are frustrated. They're tired. They're ready to take risks. I understand that. And I'm, my, my goal is not to shame them or tell them that they're being awful. It's to say, if you're going to do it, and which I don't recommend, um, there are things you need to do to make it safer. And they are not super easy things to do, but if you can do it outside, if you can have meals outside, if you can, uh, if you're while you're eating, have windows open with, for much, really good ventilation, if you can wear masks when you're indoors. Uh, again, none of this stuff is super easy to do, it's unusual, it's not normal Thanksgiving, but we're not in a normal year. I do think those are things that are gonna make it safer. And then to your question, Wayne, of what do I expect to see, after every holiday, what we have seen is five to seven days later, you see the number of cases start ticking up. Now, it's going to be a bit harder to detect because we're already in a national surge. But I expect an acceleration of that surge uh, a week later. So a week from Thursday, a week from Friday, the numbers are going to start coming in and they'll start showing the effect of Thanksgiving. Um and and usually you can see it in, in, in kind of. So I think the week after that, we're going to see even more cases. And the problem here is that the hospitals are already so constrained. Um, right now, we have about 80,000 people hospitalized If we did nothing else, just based on the infections we've already gotten, uh, I expect by December 1st to be at 120,000 people hospitalized. That's a 50% increase across the country. And uh, this is gonna then put even more strain as we get into December. I am very worried about December. December is gonna be a very bad month for hospitals in America.
0: I guess my final question, uh, we've talked about this before, the election, the presidential election was, Almost three weeks ago, President-elect Joe Biden uh, was declared the winner more than two weeks ago. But during that period until Monday, he has been thwarted in his efforts to bring his team, his people, get them access to what they need in the government, including the pandemic response. But we saw yesterday, Monday, the GSA granted that access I guess the process is called certification. I don't know what the lingo is. But anyway, they now have that. Is this a hopeful sign? Yeah, it is a hopeful sign. It's really helpful
1: from a pandemic control point of view. Look, um, we need a federal government that's effective. And we need a federal government that's functioning. And um, and the Biden team is going to be running the federal government on January 20th. Whether you voted for Mr. Biden or Mr. Trump, that's, that's the reality. And if you live in this country and whoever you voted for, you want the Biden team to do a good job. And the running of the federal government is complicated on a good day in the middle of a pandemic when the the federal government's gonna be coordinating the largest vaccine uh, program that our country has ever launched. And we're gonna wanna be super successful and we're gonna wanna be super fast. They should have started working the day day that Mr. Biden was declared uh, a victor. It's this slowdown, even these two weeks are going to end up harming us. Uh, If this had gone on any longer, it would be really a travesty because what it would mean is very simply delayed vaccinations, more infections, more deaths. Uh, That's really how we would measure this. And so I'm happy to see the GSA uh, finally moving forward. I'm happy to see President Trump uh, finally acknowledging reality. Look, this is not a political statement. This is a I just want to save American lives and the way we're going to do that is by getting vaccines out there as quickly as possible and that's going to require an effective coordinated federal
0: response thank you ashish as always uh stay safe have a nice thanksgiving i know you're staying home with your family we're doing that too and and we'll see you in another week week from today thank you wayne we are staying home we're gonna we've actually we have been setting up
1: lots of Zoom uh, meals with our our extended family in other parts (laughs) of the country. And then one of the things that I do think it's safe to do is that we've been talking to a couple of our friends um, uh, who we would have gotten together with if we hadn't been getting together with our family. And we've said, hey, let's have meals separately at our own houses, but then let's go for a walk afterwards. And going for walks with friends is very safe. You're doing it outside, you're wearing a mask. So this Thanksgiving weekend not need to be an isolated one it won't be normal uh, but please go outside spend time with friends and family if you can Uh, but just it's it's uh, it's really important that we socially connect uh, and we do it safely and so i I hope everybody gets a chance to do that i hope you get a chance to do that wayne and i look forward to chatting with you uh afterwards
0: see you next week thank you bye-bye